Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Extreming Disney, the podcast focused on all things Disney+. This week, me and my guests will be jumping into the Wayback Machine to look at one of the most beloved cartoon characters of all time, Mickey Mouse. And, as always, we'll be looking at any recent news that has come out in the last week regarding the streaming platform, Disney+. But before we do that, I just want to say thank you again for listening to this podcast. I think, you know, during this crazy time that we are all in, um, and just in the state of the world with coronavirus and all these other things going on, I, I really hope that listening in on these conversations between me and my guests might be a bright spot for a lot of us during a crazy, tough, and strange time. If you are enjoying this podcast, I want to encourage you to follow it on Facebook. There I post news articles, announcements, trailers, other interactive elements just for us to all stay connected. And also, uh, if you're interested in coming on at some point, let me know. I'd love to have you on to talk about anything. You know, you want to come on and talk about an MCU movie, a Star Wars movie, a hidden gem that you only feel like you appreciate from your youth. We can talk about it. With, with the massive library that Disney Plus has, there's a lot for us to talk about. So, yeah, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Spotify, share this with your friends, come on the show. I'd love to have you. These are ways that you can help us out. Or when I say us, I mean just me at this point <laughs> with Extreming Disney. Okay, but without further ado, I just want to get on to this week's show. So my guest this week is my friend Marge Merzig. Hi, Marge. Thanks Hi. for coming on to the show. Oh, thanks for asking me. Um, now, Marge is not only one of my dear friends um, from church, but she also is one of my favorite people to talk to about movies. We've talked about the Oscars, Bollywood, Buckaroo Banzai, and everything in between, including Walt Disney films. So I just I couldn't wait to get her onto an episode. Well, I really appreciate it, too, because I do love movies. I like talking about movies. I don't like every movie that was ever made, but I've seen a lot. And, um, and Disney's um, kind of an iconic presence in cinema from the very earliest days until today. And so it's kind of fun to think about Disney as, a, um, you know, as this arc um, and to talk about it. So thanks, Peter. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, it's interesting that you say that because when I think about Disney I, and we see the history and we're going to be talking a little bit about their history today, it's kind of a rising tide brings up all ships, you yes. know, because they were the ones who would set all the new standards yes. going forward in regards to everything in which the rest of entertainment would just use them as kind of the Liptus test or whatever, or what they needed to get to next. So they were always the ones kind of leading the charge with things. And they've been willing to invest in uh, different technologies. Um, I mean, there was a period of time um, in the 60s when they weren't producing really great stuff. Mm -hmm. They were known for their family movies when that wasn't necessarily the focus of Hollywood. So, so, you know, we really appreciate that, but, but they've over and over created, um, cinema objects that are, uh, groundbreaking. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with, with storytelling and with just their style or, 
um, the innovations. Yeah, yeah, the innovations. I, I mean, in, in recent years, it's been Peter Jackson. Well, right. they were Walt Disney was the Peter Jackson of the very earliest films, and it's kind of exciting. Yeah, and I think you're also we see that not only with their movies, but we see that their innovations a lot with even just like their parks and everything. All the new technologies that even come out for the experiences of different amusement parks like down in Disney World and Star Wars, that whole whole experience down there. So it's just every every corner of entertainment they've got their like fingers in. Yeah, they have. Um, and we'll talk about that in a little while. But let's let's jump to the um, oldies. Okay. Uh, Peter asked me to talk about some of the earliest shorts. And of course, I'm not quite that old, but um, I was introduced to Disney and, and Disney shorts uh, through the Wonderful World of Disney, the TV uh, series that they mm-hmm. started in, in the early 50s. Um, and at that time, that's where you had access to a lot of the um, early productions that uh, Disney created. Right. Um, you know, we're going to talk about four of them today. Um, but I think it's good to to look back, way back. Um, Walt Disney became an animator in 1922. Um, he was working for another studio, but uh, he always wanted to do sort of do his own thing. Right. And um, he was inspired for the first one that we're going to talk about um, by the Al Jolson... Um, Steamboat Bill. Well, no, Al Jolson's... Um, uh, well, whatever the or for her first talk he was. Come on, Peter, help me out here. Oh, the, My mind just went The great. jazz singer? Yeah. The jazz singer, so, okay. So when the jazz singer came out, um, Disney um, decided that he was going to make a, um animated uh, presentation that had synchronized sound. And Steamboat Willie is the first one. It is. Um, it's it's very funny. I, I watched that for the first time like a year ago, oh, Steamboat Willie, and because I just, I just wanted to do kind of a walk through their history, and I started with Steamboat Willie. They had stuff before that. I'm sure we're going to talk about that here in a, in a couple minutes, but kind of going through all the shorts, you know, as much as I could find, you know, and then through the rest of their history, just to kind of experience it through the years, you know. Well, Disney was animating from 1922 to 1928 when Steamboat Willie was done, but they were very much like silent pictures. Right. So there was there was uh, there were words on the screen and there was action on the screen, but but there was there was no sound. There was no sound, um, no music. That's right. So those were like the early Alice cartoons. Yeah. And then um, I think. Before Mickey, his most famous thing was Oswald the Lucky yeah. Rabbit. And, and they were very, very popular. Of course, they were in the theater. So you would see those shorts before a feature-length movie. And, but the feature-length movies also were not... Uh, they were often um, narrated or they had music that was live during the movie presentation. And... Um, and it wasn't until 1927 with Jazz Singer that you began to have movies that had um, sound, well, voices mm-hmm. that were synchronized with what was was what was uh, filmed on the screen. Right. And um, when we look back now, Steamboat Willie looks so clunky. Yes. And it's very, very minstrel show right. type 
um, uh, storytelling, which is so out of our experience now. I mean, even my experience, I look at Steamboat Willie and I go, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. But it was groundbreaking at the time. Absolutely. Um, and that, well, again, we were just talking about Disney is extremely groundbreaking always. Um, so the next one we were going to talk about was Flowers and Trees, which interestingly enough, it was done... Um, can I can I stop you oh, for yeah, just sure. a minute? Yeah, I want yeah. to talk a little bit more about Steamboat Willie oh, yeah, sure. and kind of the things that went around yeah. and the making of that. Because um, I think I think what's interesting is you were saying he was with a studio before and that was, I believe, Universal. Yes. And there is something that happened with his contract within the rights of the character that he made being Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, yes. which like was a pretty defeating moment in a lot of ways, I'm sure at the time for him. And then he was just like, the heck with you guys. I'm going to start my own company, start my own thing, get these guys all out myself. And that's when he created Mickey in Steamboat Willie. Yes. Um, I, yeah. And, and Walt Disney's story, personal story is fascinating. Um, he never seemed to be defeated. I right. mean, he, he always, he was just a positive person. I think Mickey was a, an expression of Walt Disney himself. Sure. I mean, Mick, he had a lot of other characters. He created tons of other characters. Right. But Mickey Mouse, and one of the reasons that Mickey Mouse isn't as popular today as like Donald Duck or... or um, uh, Goofy. Goofy. Um, is that is that Mickey's so straight? Mickey's so calm and so cute sure. and so uh, positive. Well, it's that's interesting you say that because you say that uh, I don't think he, in my opinion, the way that I look at it, I think he's probably at this point more popular than Donald. But I think there was a time when you look through the history and how many different shorts were coming out that I think Donald just blew up in popularity yes. and he surpassed Mickey. And it's so interesting because. When you go to like Disney World or Disneyland, you're looking for hidden Mickeys. You're not looking for hidden Donalds. <laughs> no, you, you know, and Mickey is the 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 marquee character that yes. you think of that you want to go and meet. So I think nowadays, I almost think that Mickey has kind of risen again in well, popularity. I, I agree with you. I I just think that in in those in the uh, animation uh, and sure. and um, uh, creating of cartoons. Uh, many of the more volatile characters are more popular. Mm -hmm. um, where, uh, you know, it was Scrooge McDuck, it was Donald Duck. Um, but Mickey has lasted partly because he is such a pleasant character. Like, you don't have to say, oh, well, his personality is kind of off. Mm -hmm. um, so, he, of course, he's the, their marquee because he's so positive. He's yeah. so family. He's so... Yeah. Um, attractive to all ages in a kind of a mild-mannered reporter kind of way. Yeah, he's he's kind of white-bred enough yeah. that he is approachable by all yes. and beloved yeah. by all, yeah. you know? So so I agree with you that he's he's made a big resurgence, but he wasn't over, over the span of the 50s and 60s when a lot of uh, Disney's more... Um, volatile cartoons were made he's not one of them right you know he he didn't last into those years 
the way Donald did. And, and yeah. it's just interesting that, as you say, he's, he's come back around in a big way. You're right. It's, and I also watched the Mickey Mouse Club. Mm-hmm. And the Mickey Mouse Club was, was early educational TV. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, they had a, one day that was the science day, another day that was the... Um, Special guest a, a, day. Right, and, and an, an adventure day. And, and um, those are uh, what I see PBS doing. Yeah. But that was Saturday morning cartoons. Or so actually, they came on in the afternoon uh, during the week. And it was, so you'd come it was, home they, from school yeah, and you'd, you'd be able to put it on. you come home from school, you watch Mickey Mouse Club. And no parent ever stopped their child from watching Mickey Mouse Club because they did something that was unpleasant. Sure, sure. Yeah, and it was, it was so cool to think about with like, I mean, we're definitely fast forwarding through the timeline because you mentioned Mickey Mouse Club and you mentioned the magical world of Disney or was it the wonderful world of Disney? It started at the time? out as the wonderful world of Disney, then it became the wonderful world of color. color. Yes. Um, and and uh, they, it became wonderful world of color when he changed from ABC to NBC. Okay. Um, he, he had a contract dispute with ABC um, and he went over to NBC and his his NBC years were much more popular mm-hmm. in many ways. He kind of, I mean, they became, they rigueur, every family watched right. Wonderful World of Color um, on NBC on Sunday night. And I think, I think that might have even actually just been the company itself at that point. I think Walt might have been gone at that point when yeah, they made maybe, the transfer. Maybe, but he, he uh, I'll have to look back at my history. Yeah. Uh, he, I don't, I don't know when he uh, passed away, but... Um, I think the last one that he really had his hands in as far as their main animated movies go was The Jungle Book. I think it was around that time that he passed away. So that was early 60s? Early to mid-60s, I believe? Right. But um, anyway, even Wonderful World of Disney didn't go past 61 or 62. Right. Uh, Wonderful World of Color didn't extend past that point. Um, that was also dropped, um, unfortunately, I think, because I think it was an excellent um, variety show yeah. for the whole family. And, and then he did a great job of making their own um, television movies, you know, their two-part oh. series. Wow, yeah. their, we talked a lot about this before. Yeah. And then also they would use that as a platform so that people could see some of their classic library and they would bring that out for people um and i think it was one of the longest running programs before it got canceled and it came back in the like the um the 1990s like right, i think with eisner uh, yeah revisited it but it was never quite as um i mean it was a retro program at that point right and, uh, it, and it was and where before it stood out in the 90s Right. Television was, you know, Completely you had different. so many different channels, so many different things to watch. So it wasn't necessarily, it didn't stand out in the same way. Yes, and by then Disney uh, was making their own little series. I mean, we, uh, which I'm less familiar with because those were years when I kind of stopped being interested mm. in Disney. Um, you know, there were a lot of teeny bopper kind of shows that they were putting on that were really yeah. pretty bad. Right. Um, and that's the difference between uh, Walt Disney's view of what should be on the screen and anybody who's followed. Sure, sure. Um, to go back, I mean, we, we kind of um, went off on our own little <laughs> rabbit trail, and I love it. 
Um, but to, to talk about Steamboat Willie again, it's so interesting. I think also to talk about these four different shorts that we're talking about, when we see the, the, there's some years between each one of them. Yes. So we get to see the drastic changes in between each in regards to the character of Mickey Mouse, between the evolution of animation mm -hmm. um, and what was possible and what they led the charge in. And so I think it's interesting because I've watched like most of them in between all of these that we've watched. And so it's so much more gradual. But it's interesting to watch these four different shorts to kind of see just these different um, mile markers, yes. per se. And I think you can um, uh, look at it exactly that way. Um, the, we're, the four we're going to talk about are Flowers and Trees, which won an Academy Award. Yes. Uh, Olden Days um, and uh, the um, band concert. Yes. The band concert. Well, let's go back to Flowers and Trees. Flowers well, I and still, trees. I keep doing this. I, keep, I want to go back to say something about Steamboat Willie quick. I'm sorry. Okay, keep it up. Steamboat Willie is um, amazing. He, it's so interesting looking at Mickey Mouse's character in Steamboat Willie in comparison to what we know him to be now. Yes. Because when he first comes out, and we see this in the early Mickey shorts, he is so unlike how we know Mickey to be. He is such a little rascal. Yes. Um, but uh, a very musical, yes. uh, lighthearted rascal. I mean, there are, there are uh, the, what, whatever his name is. What's the guy who's... Pete? The, Pete, right. Pete <laughs> is horrid. Yes. Pete is ugly and... Um, uh, a bully a, and right a bully and and he's just not a pleasant character whereas Mickey's just silly yeah and um, and as you say rascally um, but he's but uh, one of the things Disney was very keen on was music right and he often used familiar themes or classical music and he did in this one yeah uh, in Steamboat Willie um, Mickey just goes around and makes music on every Crazy, Everything he can find. He can, every, every crazy animal. Um, he pulls the, the hair <laughs> and then he plays it like a harp or a guitar or something. Yep, yep. And, or he makes the animal that he's harassing um, sing in that uh, rhythm. Mm -hmm. um, it's just silly. I mean, it's just a completely silly right. cartoon. The, the line drawings are very crisp, but the... Um, but the quality of the background, the quality of the um, the action is still pretty stilted. Again, yeah. it's it's more. I I looked at it and said, you know, this is like an old fashioned minstrel show where really? where there's Very somebody so. silly on the on the stage and they're going through all kinds of antics. There's a lot less story involved in yeah. that one. And I, yeah, there, there really is. It's, it's very much the story is, I think, well, first of all, it starts off how everybody classically pictures Steamboat Willie of him at the wheel and of this little boat and he does that little whistling tune, uh -huh. but it's, it's the, the, the short is so much more than that yeah. because then it really goes into basically what all those early black and white Mickey shorts started off as where he, it like, I remember one where he went into a haunted house 
and then there is like scary things within there and the only way to keep the things at bay was him playing music on the piano or something and it was so they're very much centered like you said centered around music using the the different characters or animals or objects in order to make the music and as far as a story goes there really isn't much there no yeah it's about a you know, 25 words or less if you want to describe what is going, what's happening on the screen. But it's more the um, uh, frenetic nature of the action that it's just jumping from one thing to another. Again, I, I can't, Compared to anything but a minstrel show, yeah, I mean, that's what a, that's what an old-fashioned minstrel show would have been. It's interesting on Disney Plus that on each one of the shorts, of the older shorts, the really old ones, um, it says some of the images here are culturally inappropriate, right? Because we've gone past the minstrel show, uh, sure, genre, and and yeah, sometimes they do things that we would think, oop, that's kind of politically not correct. Yeah, especially especially with this, you know, you almost you can see a lot of things with politically incorrect, and with even um, I think we'll talk about this a little bit more, even with flowers and flowers and trees. Just um, even just animal cruelty and stuff like that. Like you could not make this short today, but it is such a a pinnacle point in yes. regards to not only Disney but also just TV and movies in general across the board. You know, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, and and at, at the time, it was a very um, groundbreaking, and so we have to look at it that way. Yeah. I think you can detach yourself to a certain extent to look at it and appreciate it, you know, in, in regards to what it what it is and or what it was, you right. know, at the or, time. or the, what it represents exactly. in terms of the the arc of movie history. So, moving to the next one, this is a couple years after. Four. This is four years after Steamboat Willie, Flowers and Trees. Now they make um, Walt Disney had kind of two routes of cartoons that he did he had his mickey mouse ones and that would also stem out into donald and goofy right, and all right, them right. pluto as well um and then he had his silly symphonies right which were other shorts and flowers and trees falls into the category of silly symphonies yes that's right and again it uses classical music um it uses somewhat classical themes um there are not iconic characters in it they're usually um uh, some kind of natural phenomenon, you know, in, in this case, it's trees. Um, another one, it would be fish. Another one, I mean, there, right. there weren't character, characters, quote, in these. Um, but this one was unique in that it was the first color uh, cartoon. Yeah. And um, he only used three color, you know, it was the three color palette rather than the five color or technicolor, which mm-hmm. came much later. And, um, and it was... Again, it won an Academy Award. Amazing. I know. For the uh, quality of the animation, the color infusion, and the sound um, coordination. What do they call it? Synchroni- the yeah. synchronization of the sound. And so where you, where you see that kind of happening and you see that kind of be achieved in Steamboat Willie, you see it to such a, a greater Very degree. Right. You know, it's just like this... His, First of all, beautiful, but also the music to the to the cartoon is so well. It's tighter. Yes, know? and the and the number of uh, sound generators. You know that there's flowers squeaking, yeah. there are birds tweeting. There's 
the the trees rustling there's a lot of sound going yeah. on and and there's a lot of action in this particular one for the six or seven minutes that it is um so it uh, that one happens to be one that i've liked since the first time i saw it it's beautiful partly because of the of the um the wedding of the music the classical music and the sort of heroic story yeah. of the struggle between the bad tree and the good tree and and how and, the, how decrepit the <laughs> bad tree looks i i love one little bit where it you first see him and he yawns and these bats fly out of his mouth i mean he's rotted he's he has no leaves on him it's just yeah it's it's just a fun it's a fun um heroic scene and if we could just go off the subject just for a minute one of the things that uh, Disney has done which I appreciated over the many many years you know if I'm going to credit Disney is he um, he often chose her, uh, classical heroic stories mm-hmm. um, it, like you said Johnny Tremaine um, yeah uh, Treasure Island um, all of his live action Davy Crockett Davy Crockett oh my goodness I know um, Old Yeller yeah uh, Light in the Forest, which was uh, taken mm. from a c- classic uh, novel. Um, he he uh, was willing, at a time when heroes weren't as popular as they used to be, sure. he was willing to have a story of, you know, Swamp Fox, uh, Scarecrow, all of those, uh, Zorro. Yeah. Um, he stuck to clean heroism um, when... Uh, the other studios were going, and these films were winning Academy Awards, Serpico, Dirty Harry, Rambo, yeah. uh, where you have the flawed hero, uh, sure. kind of gritty um, Disney. Pollyanna is a great example yeah. of a, a really uplifting story sure. that Disney was willing to stick with. So, so his silly symphonies often had that um, uh, character, that quality of there was a good guy and there was a bad guy and the good guy. And it was clean and it was yeah, very, very, you can really see the device, the, not device, the decisive line between, between them. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it, it doesn't have a lot of, what's the word, just um, nuance in regards to blurring those lines. Right, so who is the good guy and who is the bad guy. Yeah. And, I, and I've always appreciated that. You know, I want a story about heroism. I don't really want to watch a story about some kind of nasty, um, no matter how well it's filmed, you know, I, I still am more interested in a sure. movie about uh, about goodness and yeah. about uplifting uh, endings and stuff. So, Absolutely. So anyway, those, the Silly Symphonies, um, th- that was their characteristic, um, which uh, endears them to me mm-hmm. over the years. And um, we talk more just about Flowers and Trees. We talked about how this was the first one to win an Oscar, first animated short. Uh, I don't know what... Um, it was obviously 1932 or 1933 when it came out and yeah. won the Oscar. Uh, I don't know how many years the Oscars were going before then. Because I know Wings... The okay. Oscars started in 1928. And that and, was Wings. And one that year. Yes, but but they didn't have a category for animated short. Oh, yes. Okay. So uh, Disney won the Academy Award for his animated feature films. 
right. before that. But this was the first time they had this category, and this particular short film won. And yeah. that's pretty cool. And you can kind of see why, although, again, it looks a little clunky. It looks a little um, rudimentary in the, uh, in the, the way... Th- uh, the cells are created. Sure. You know, it, it, it isn't, it, it does have a very, very nice background. And one of the things... It's stunning. That, yeah, it's a lovely film. But it, but it's it's still, for our taste today, we would think this is pretty um, simple. Yeah. But it was low. But it, it had a lot of really good features. And what's interesting is seeing a lot of the notes that I think would come later on that you know of Disney. There's a lot of Fantasia, I feel like, oh, within yeah. this. And there's also a lot of Alice in Wonderland oh, yeah. and how the flowers have characters. And then there's the mushrooms. It just made me think of Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. You know, So you can see different notes come through. And I think what's great about this one is there's a story. Mm-hmm. And then I just, but there's so many great little bits. Yes. Within it, yes. you know, where you see the cute little action moments where where some part of the forest comes to the rescue of the hero and heroine and and uh, is going after the villain, and yeah, and they and there are notes over and over. Um, now, what one of the things that Disney focused on was animating nature. Yeah. And you see that in almost all of his, um, that's, there's some kind of, well, not in his feature film so much because there's so many great characters in those, but, but um, uh, all of his uh, short subjects have a component, again, Fantasia was the great, greatest one, um, of um, action by an anthropomorphic um, nature. And, and it's, it's cute. Yeah. And he does a good job of it. Yeah. I really, I do love flowers and trees. And it's, I think it does actually stand a little bit more towards the test of time than Steamboat Willie. Yeah, I do too. And um, we'll see kind of what happens next. So the, the following year, kind of moving out of the, the lane of Silly Symphonies to go back to talk about Mickey. I think um, flowers and trees is such an important stop to, to make in regards to the, mm-hmm. the history of the early animation shorts. But to talk about ye olden days, um, is you you see, again another little growth from where it started with Steamboat Willie. Yes. This one's back to being black and white, mm-hmm. um, because I think you know flowers and trees was such a. This one came after flowers and trees, and but it must have been so much more work to do flowers and trees at the time. Yes. So it was just easier to maybe maybe they already had this one kind of in the pipeline already. Uh, or I think so. It was the very next year. Yeah. And the story is, is way more developed. Oh, wow. I think that's what you see. For me, what stood out in regards to ye olden days. Yes, and the, I mean, the, the animation is sharper. The action is very, very um, advanced. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the story, again, there's more of a story than there ever is in, in Steamboat Willie. I mean, there's just this big... Yeah story and um there are lots of characters um i think again in 1933 when this came out there was still quite a bit of black and white film so it wouldn't have been as unfamiliar to the audiences who saw it in the theater Mm -hmm. um as it seems it i mean it seems retro 
after seeing flowers and trees, but it it wouldn't have to the right. audiences that were there. Pro- yeah, you're right. You're right. And I think too, it's also to talk about the achievement thing. If we look at all these, because like this is the first one to have synchronized, you know, Steamboat Willie with synchronized sound and and visuals, and then the color coming into flowers and trees. This one, you definitely see um, the same kind of achievement, achievement, but in regards to um, dialogue. Yes, you know? and and again, it's a synchronized. It's it's very shortly. The, there were still not as many um, feature presentations that had synchronized sound even then, even yet. Yeah. Um, so th- there's so much going on. In that, in that one, and the the coordination of the sound and the animation is really stunning, uh, and it and it, it just seems like a lot more going on. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I I think that you can, you it shows a definite progression mm-hmm. that I think is um, I hadn't seen this one before. I okay. actually had never seen this one before. Okay. I watched it and I said, wow. The difference between this and just five years earlier yeah. is wow. It's incredible, and it's it's a it's an easier to follow story. You can kind of, it's a kind of a classic um, knights and kings and princesses and and Goofy is in it and which is not his first appearance, um, but no, you you do see this kind of this joust and this battle and there's a little bit more I think to sink your teeth into the storyline. Yeah, and I do think it's a um, uh, when you think Errol Flynn yes. uh, did Robin Hood, this was in keeping with what was currently being um, uh, shown in theaters as very very popular movies. Mm. Um, the the fact I mean, but also how clever Disney was in bringing Mickey Mouse in as a knight. I mean, how silly it was, and his and his. Um, uh, armor is a, oh, yeah. is a pot and, and uh, he puts know, on like an old stove over him and a pot in his head and it gets blown off and you know there, there's a lot of uh, joy in this particular um, uh, short that is I don't know it's just it's cleverly executed yeah and as you say yes much better story the um but again, a classical theme that you don't necessarily see in the in the animated uh, short cartoons that were being made by other studios. Mm. You see a lot more slapstick in mm-hmm. other studios. You see a lot more, um, you know, the beating over the head, the kapow, that sort of thing. Okay. Where that you don't see in Disney. I mean, you see silly jowls, but at right. least it seems somewhat serious. Yeah, you know they're doing it for a good cause. The you know the girl's hand, and um, much more of a uh, classic story than than just um, uh, they've gone away from the minstrel show, yes, from the slapstick, and uh, created a, a more of a classical theme. Yeah, it's 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 quite good. I I enjoyed it quite a bit. Anything else you want to say about ye olden no, days? No, I, I thought in many ways for me that was the least interesting. Although I, you know, as you say, the um, 
watching the progression was particularly interesting. And I, I, I just reviewed them and I saw them in uh, sequence yeah. as they would have been um, created. And so, you know, that was interesting. But that's, I, I, it, it didn't charm me in the same way that the other two did in terms of its groundbreaking nature. Sure, sure. And then uh, finally, the last short that we watched was from 1935, and it was called The Band Concert. Yeah, fantastic. In fact, this one was more popular than any uh, short that was created up until that time. Um, the, the create, first of all, when we talk about the progression of action, this had more action in it mm -hmm. than any short that had been created before it. Um, it was in color and it was five color this time so that the, the colors really vibrant and yeah. very defined. Um, but, uh, the critics found this one to be the greatest, uh, cartoon made to date. I mean they they just loved it. The tornado, the yeah. the um uh crazy action that's going on, you know, the the back and forth between Donald Duck and his um turkey in the straw and and the the performers in the band. Um it it, it was just this one defined Disney for many, many years to mm -hmm. come because it was so lush. Yes. And it's, and it, yeah, it's interesting. This, this really seemed to be like a showcase. Absolutely. You know, of the achievements of what they could do and how far they've come to that point in regards to putting sound, putting music with the action on the screen. And because where it was so much choppier or loose or he's just like in Steamboat Willie taking some batons and playing a goat's right. teeth, you know, this is so much, it's so tight. It is. And it's, and it's beautiful and it brings the color, you know, better than, you know, and flowers and trees, but more so, you know what I mean? I, I it was, it's pretty, pretty amazing. It, it is. And um, it, we have to remember that this is 1935. This is really, really early for, yeah. uh, for um, it isn't Technicolor yet, right. but it is five color uh, production. And it actually was the first Mickey Mouse color presentation. Yeah. And so it, um, it showcased the classic characters that Disney stuck with for years and yeah. years and years. Clarabelle was in it. Horace. Goofy was in it, right? Donald was in it. Um, and, uh, it really had, um, it was a foreshadowing of the really, really big productions that were ahead for Disney. Oh yeah. Cause this is, um, 1935. So this is like, think three years ahead of when Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs came out. Yes, it was. And so this was, the shorts was what Disney was. At that know? time. Yeah. Yes. He, Disney was creating... Uh, pre, you know, pre presentations to be shown with uh, full length movies yeah. in the theater, um, and uh, he was creating, uh, as we were saying before, he was creating groundbreaking steps each time, um, and there were a lot of shorts in between these. Yeah. But by the by the fifties, he was creating. Um, really classic shorts um 
you know, we, you and I have talked about, we are not going to really get into it, but there were, he did Casey at the Bat, he did Peter right. and Wolf, he did, he did um, the Three Amigos, he did... Uh, you mean Three Musketeers? Uh, no. Three Amigos, that would be Chevy Chase. No, no, it was the... Three Caballeros. Oh, yes. Three Caballeros. Three Caballeros. Okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> Chevy, he did Chevy Chase, Martin Sheen, yeah, right, and right. Steve no, Martin. Right. Three Caballeros. Um, he, he did... Uh, um, I, have to, I brought my melody time with me. He did Johnny Appleseed. He oh, did, I love Johnny Appleseed. Um, Casey uh, the Bat is, is right. so classy. Casey and the Bat. I think, as we were talking before... His Peter and the Wolf presentation is considered the greatest. No one's ever going to do it again. Yeah. Um, so, but the band concert is everything that those are. Yeah. Except it's not in Technicolor. Right. It's, it has everything else that those, and you think it was at least 15 years before he was creating um, these absolute classics that um, it just, it's astounding to me that in 1935 he created something that was as as lush and yeah. action packed and and uh, well told as uh, the band concert and yeah. and the critics agreed. Yeah, um, many like Leonard Maskin s- says to this day, this is the this is the greatest short cartoon that was ever made. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's. I, I just want to hear what is your favorite of these four. That we, we talked about today. Mm. Do you have a favorite? Uh, well, I suppose that one has to be. I mean, earlier, the, before I was reviewed on these, I would say Flowers and Trees of those four. Just because it has classical music. Mm-hmm. Um, there are very few cartoons today that, that really employ classical music. I really liked it. And it had, there's a sort of soothing um, beauty to it that... that uh, foreshadows Fantasia, which is again one of yeah. my favorite favorite movies. Me too. I love Fantasia. I love the what he did with the the um, uh, classical pieces in Fantasia. Night on Bald Mountain is is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Sorcerer's Apprentice is yeah. absolutely. Great. My my favorite's probably the the piece where they do the nut the nutcracker. Oh yes, yep. that's that I, one. Yeah, that was so just beautiful. so beautiful. And again, it's it's using nature to um, uh, coordinate with a, a piece of music that's just over yeah. the top. So so yeah. Um, so I but I but after watching the band concert, I think well the band concert has to be. It's just so mm-hmm. great. It's so great in every way. Yeah, I think for me, flowers and trees. And watching watching these four probably in the last year and then revisiting them in the last week, Flowers and Trees is probably my favorite. I I do find, and maybe this is just showing my age a little bit more, I find the band concert to be a little bit boring at times. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, and I, so I, I think I gravitate a little bit more towards the olden days in regards oh, to the storytelling. It's a little bit more yeah. um, concise in regards to that where in band concert, it is just... In a lot of ways, musical bits and musical bits with the instruments yeah, yeah, at different right, times. Right. But I think sort of I don't want to the minstrel show kind yeah. of thing where there's just silly things going on and and you have to see them one by one. But if I were to choose between the band concert and Steamboat Willie, I would definitely go with the band concert. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's just you can't you can't take away from the fact of just 
how much has changed. And even just looking at actually Mickey himself, by the time we get to the band concert, he has his white gloves, which is so classic. Mm -hmm. He still has his tail at this point. You'll lose that. Um, But he's starting to look more and more, especially at this point, I think he really looks like Mickey as we know him. And almost all the characters look like they're supposed to, like they look in their classic Except uh, Donald, Donald yeah. has That's his longer long, bill yeah. a little bit still. So, yeah. um, man, I'm I'm loving this little this time that we've been spending together because I just to. I love just talking about the history of things because there's so many interesting things looking back at the history of this company. Yes. You know, we could we could do this again. I want I'm definitely going to have you on again in the future. And we can talk about anything that you want to talk about. And I'm sure we'll talk about history as I'd, well. And I'd be interested in, in, in the future talking about some of his live action absolutely. Uh, presentations. Because I think they're, they're um, really wonderful. Uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea absolutely. Has, has, not been, has, has not been overcome. Yeah. Um, Tron is yeah. crazy and wonderful. Yeah. And fits the time in which it was created. Sure. Um, but but it's just as exciting today as it, it was back then. So anyway, I, I'm all for Disney, you know. The only problem for me is many, in many ways I've seen Disney take over smaller studios. Mm. Um, and it becomes a little bit like the evil empire. Sure. I, mean, it, it, I think Disney has become more commercialized than Absolutely. it was in the early days. It was Walt Disney was very much dedicated to to um, telling a good family story, and now we're not quite there anymore. Um, mm-hmm. We're we're doing blockbusters, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, but you can't really blame them. But sure. it, the the Disney company continues to be very um, uh, quality driven, and even and I like that. But yeah. uh, but I'd be interested anyway in talking about some of the live action stuff that uh, came around when I was actually able to see it in the theater. This has just been really great to have you on and just talk to you about all these things because I just I love talking about everything when it well, comes to. I love to talking it. about movies. With you, so <laughs> let's do it again. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
Oh yeah. Star Wars. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I think you think about Princess Leia and how huge of a character she was, you know, and just groundbreaking in in regards to how George Lucas was using a female actress, you know, a female actor to oh, yeah. to be this hero hero character, which was unprecedented um, and before. And Padme also represented a very um, a unique female role, and then of course here we have you know um, uh, Ray. Mm-hmm. who is amazing and yeah, she's the, great. that's and the way the story has gone with her has been really fascinating so but there's yeah. plenty of other uh women to yeah. explore so great i, I think it's i think it's very exciting yeah. uh have you watched any of the mandalorian or anything else on I disney plus i haven't um i just recently got disney plus and i have a three-year-old or just she just had a birthday four-year-old living in my house right now in quarantine and so um i have no time to watch movies so <laughs> come on put on the mandalorian with her i'm sure she'll love it <laughs> oh that's really cool did you but to put a pin in this for a minute we just got done talking about those shorts did you get to watch those shorts those mickey shorts with your granddaughter uh no she's no her parents don't really want her to watch television, oh okay so, so no i have to watch them on my own <laughs> You gotta sneak away to watch yes, these yes, these edgy yes, things. Yes, right. All right, so the, that was um, Star Wars news, and I think we're seeing a lot more Star Wars news coming out in regards to Disney Plus and just Star Wars in general because we're getting closer to uh, Star Wars Day, which will be next week. All right, so number three in the news: an online petition gets launched asking for streaming platforms, including Disney Plus, to suspend charging their its monthly dues for customers during Corona. Number four, an announcement comes out that they're, they're working on a live-action Dragon Ball Z series for Disney+. And then finally, this one's a little bit longer, but actor Sebastian Stan, he's the actor who plays Winter Soldier in the uh, MCU movies, he talks to Hollywood Reporter recently about the Disney Plus original MCU show, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Apparently, it only had about a couple weeks left of filming before the show was a wrap. And it was supposed to come out in August, but there has been no announcement yet in regards to it being pushed back due to coronavirus. So we talked a little bit about um, the Star Wars news. Um, Marge, is, is there anything else from this list that you want to talk about? Well, I think when I see the announcement about Dragon Ball Z, that um, it just shows that uh, Disney is still willing to to push the envelope in terms of live action. You yeah. Know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how they do it. Um, yeah. It's a lot of... A lot of CGI in that, and let's see him do it. You yeah, know, it's giving... a good quality presentation. It's great. Yeah, and I think also there was a Dragon Ball Z movie that came out a little bit ago, and it was not a big hit no. by anyone's standards. So I think to try to bring something into fruition that would be popular, because Dragon Ball Z, I remember from when I was a kid, was huge, you yes, know? Yes, it is. And, it, and it's actually a great story, and, and the action is great, and the... Uh, there's a lot about it that's really positive. Let's see it done well. Yeah, it'll be really cool. It'll be interesting to see more and more because I don't. I think it's just been announced and they're working on it, so we don't see anything. It's very early in the process. Yeah. Um, anything else? Uh, no, I can't think of anything. I mean, I, we have lots of things to talk about, but no time. So I guess yeah. we have to wrap. Well, I, I just kind of what what do you? I wanted to see what you thought about this petition that has been launched. In regards to, you know, people asking for Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus to be made free 
to viewers? Well, I, um, I have often resisted um, premium channels. Um, you know, I don't. I love movies. I watch movies. I I don't watch as much TV as I used to. Um, so for me, it's a little uh, ironic to think that I might be able to get some premium channels at no cost. I mean, I do. I am a subscriber to Netflix. I'm a subscriber to uh, Amazon. Um, uh, but how can they turn it down? Because yeah. in the current state of affairs in the United States, uh, every company feels like they got to do it. Yeah. So we'll see. You know, I I'm not surprised. Yeah, I I I'm just I'm a little bit worried about you know if they were to make it free, how long that would be really kind of sustainable. Oh yeah. Because right now Disney is only making money off of Disney Plus and probably like Disney Channel. Oh, you know, yeah. on television. So it's just like, they, I, I have friends who work down in Disney World and, and they're out of work currently because yeah. of the parks being closed. And it's just like, man, you know, like, I, I kind of want to be able to put money forth, you know, into things I want to support. And knowing, like in the same way that there's a small business in town that, you know, they're closed or right. trying to be able to give them whatever business we can during this, this weird time. Well, what many companies are, are doing, uh, not a lot, but, but quite a few, are their CEOs are not taking a salary. Right. And so they have a lot more money to work with because those CEO, CEOs are, are making a million dollars. So it's not quite as dire as you think, and it's, I don't think it's going to last that much longer. Probably we've missed, they've missed the opportunity to actually have an impact because, right. you know, we only have a couple of weeks till May 15th, which sure. will probably represent new reopening sure. for many places. So I, I don't know. I just think it's kind of ironic. Yeah, I, I guess my way that I, I kind of thought about it, and, I, and kind of to sum up what you're saying too, I believe, is I think they could have. I don't think they should have necessarily, but like, demanding it. You know, if yeah. early on, like, maybe a month ago, they were to say, hey, we're going to make this available for you guys. For a month. For a month, that, for free, to yeah. encourage you to stay home during this time. Yeah. And I but think... it's too late now. Yeah, it's too late. It's too late at this point to, to get that really going, you know. So, yeah. I, I just thought it was an interesting um, story to talk about. So, Marge... Um, as we are going to be wrapping things up, what have, what have you been doing during your time um, in the last month or so with, with coronavirus and everything going on? What have, what have you been up to? Well, um, I have my daughter and her daughter uh, here in Oneonta. They, are in New York. they live in New York, and they were able to get out before the things got bad. And so, um, so they're, she's working, and I get Ruthie. And so, wow. so I'm basically babysitting and trying to find something to do for a four-year-old um, every single day. You know, I have her all every morning. And so, and so yeah, it's been busy. And I don't go to the store. Mm -hmm. You know, my daughter goes to the store. She's not in my age category. Um, so I, for me, it's just trying to find something for a four-year-old to do. That's what I'm doing. I am watching some... I've been binge-watching Harry Potter movies okay. uh, in the evening when everybody else goes to bed. Um, I've been watching some old Jeanette McDonald, Nelson Eddy movies. They're favorites of mine. Okay. Uh, and um, uh, I'm trying to encourage all my friends to watch my favorite movies so that I can talk to them about them. <laughs> like so, Buckaroo Banzai. Yeah, like Buckaroo <laughs> uh, I also want everybody to watch uh, Bao Bali, which is a Bollywood movie oh, yeah. that is so brilliant. It's just a brilliant 
it's, it's Lord of the Rings in okay. for Bollywood. It's just a great, great movie. So anyway, okay. yeah, not I quarantining is not as much fun as I thought it was going to be. But but I have somebody to play with all day, so that's good. I'm, I'm pretty good. That's really cute. That's really great. Well, thank you for coming on to the to the show. Thank you for inviting me. Um, is there anything that you want the audience to know? Any way that can follow you? You have an Instagram or a Twitter handle no, or anything? No, 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 no. I'm a very private person, and I'm, I'd just be glad when we can all give each other a hug again. Yes, absolutely. And I, and I hope that actually the audience here will come to love your presence on our show, <laughs> and we'll get you again, and we'll talk about probably something completely different than what we talked about today. That'll be fun. Great. Thank you again. Thank you. So again, I got to thank Marge for coming on to this week's episode. The conversation that we had was just such a great time. I really hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. I want to tell you about next week's episode in a little bit, but I also just want to make some corrections from last week's episode. Small things, but I just, in my right conscience, I just, I needed to clear a couple things up. Daniel and I, last week, we were talking about the Pirates of the Caribbean movies and how the fourth one was coming out on Disney Plus next month. And we believed that the the first three were not on Disney Plus yet, but we want to just correct that and say, yes, the first three movies are on Disney Plus of Pirates of the Caribbean. Also, at one point, I was talking about some of the studios that Disney owns, and I said something about Hollywood Studios. Nope, I did not say Hollywood Studios. I said Touchstone and Paramount, and what I meant to say was Touchstone and Hollywood Studios. Um, Maybe you picked up on that. I don't know, but I had to just correct that from last week. Anyway, next week's episode. Next week's episode is actually going to be a special episode focused on Star Wars. Next week is, you know, Monday, I believe, is Star Wars Day. And so with that, we're going to celebrate. And Disney Plus is celebrating by getting um, coming out with a new Disney Plus exclusive show, um, a docuseries on... The Mandalorian, while also wrapping up its series of The Clone Wars. So my special guest and I are going to come on and we're going to talk about Star Wars, primarily The Clone Wars and the first episode of Star Wars Gallery, The Mandalorian. Okay, so thank you guys for listening in, and I really hope to see you next week and we can be able to celebrate Star Wars Day together. All right, bye-bye.